Hi, this is Angie Meadows. And this is Bobby Snyder. And this is the Rocker Recovery. We're so glad you're joining us today. We're on the uh, Rocker Recovery Spirit and Soul Disconnect book. And we're on lesson four. So today we're going to talk about the roots of depression. I think everybody that's in recovery or I guess even people are not, you know, for a long time I thought just because I was in recovery, I was, uh, I was isolated and the only one that had these kind of feelings and thoughts and things that uh, I think just being an addict makes them magnified to Absolutely. an extent, but everybody experiences these things. So these lessons are not just for people in recovery, they're for the whole general population of the earth. And you know, I have no excuse because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a recovering addict, I'm a recovering anxious girl. <laughs> Right, right. So, I'm recovering lots of things. Yeah, so I, I have squirrely little thoughts, and I have, a, you know, rapid thinking and stuff like that. So instead of going to meds, I talked to myself in the Word of God, and I learned to bring myself down. Now, every morning, Bobby, I wake up, and if I did not go to bed with the Lord, with the Scripture on my heart, with peace if i went to bed with my problem guess what i wake up with my problem <laughs> i think my major thing to have before bed is a snack, a snack. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode is on on, okay. on roots of depression okay uh what are we going to look at yes uh kick us off with the scripture okay we're going to look at this scripture the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds that's second corinthians 10 4 okay so we're going to talk about strongholds and how things in our life gets a stronghold and when it gets uh it sets up like a place of dominion in our lives we got to tear that down and build something new we got to take back that ground so kick us off with the introduction the cost of taking an offense is our peace. Allowing our hearts to indulge an offense gratifies our fleshly side. If we rehearse the offense repeatedly, it becomes a deep wound and bondage ensues. Bondage makes us unable to stop rehearsing the event. This offense is painful and blocks the awareness of the love of God. Mm. Um, offense hardens our heart towards a loving God. Then it, as if... It is as if our prayers hit a ceiling and boomerang to smack us in the face. This feels like a valley of tears. The psalmist calls this valley Baca, and then instructs us to make it a spring or a place of refreshment. As we reshape our tears with maturity, we can go from strength to strength. That's Psalm 50, 84. Six to seven. Oh, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. That's want, a lot of words. <laughs> yeah. I'm depressed. <laughs> I want to talk about how if I rehearse an offense, I usually get my friends and triangulate them in my offense. And as I rehearse them, we develop uh, a bond with our with our offense. <laughs> now they take an offense for me. And I may get over that, but they may not. And it may be five years from now and I done got over that and forgot about it, but they're still kind of carrying that offense against that other person. Because a lot of times uh, that's the way we bond is we bond through trauma and through offenses. So when I have a fear bond, um, I have my heart blocked to the love of God. So what I have to do is if I go and I'm sitting in the presence of the Lord at church and everybody else looks like they're feeling it and I'm not, I probably have a fear bond where my heart is blocked from the Lord because I'm embracing fear and not love. So what I need to do is start releasing offenses. I, start, I need to start identifying things that are 
uh, like bitterness and self-pity, anger, those types of things that are blocking my prayers. Because whenever I'm coming to the Lord with those kind of prayers, that kind of idol, it's okay if I'm releasing it to him and laying it on the altar and asking for his mercy to help me get over it. But it's not okay if I'm coming and just accusing others. Does that make sense? Absolutely. All right. So I want to be able to take my tears cry them out for the Lord and not make it a deeper wound, not like validate my wound and make it really deep where I carry that bitterness all my life. But instead, I want to take that bitterness and I want to move it. I want to release it. And this is a maturity skill. It's a place where I can take this offense, this horrible thing that happened to me, and I can say, yes, that happened. Yes, it was wrong. But I forgive because I'm bigger than that. And, you know, that's not easy to do, especially if it was a really yucky thing that happened to you. Absolutely. So, but as I do that, now I can become stronger. Now I can become mature. So go ahead. Um, we, oh, we are blocked by the walls of refusal to forgive. <laughs> so figure out what in your life that's holding you back, what it is that you need to forgive. Those things that block us, you know, they. I, when I teach a class about the steps, I talk about um, being blocked from the sunlight of the spirit, um, mm. and that's what the steps of of recovery do. And this identification part is what's involved in step four, where I'm identifying resentments and fears and okay. uh, harms to others that I've done that are causing this. Uh, depression or these things that I need to forgive uh, so I've got I got to write them down in step four and, and we start doing the work on them immediately after that I went through step four with a friend and I was shocked at how many of those things that I had that I've worked through over the years and how many times I've went back through and worked through them again and how I didn't even know what step four was. Yeah. <laughs> but yet it's the process that the Holy Spirit took me through. And, so, it's, and it takes a lot to be able to get to that point. Um, that's why it's step four, not step one. Um, there's a lot of courage involved in, in yes. looking at yourself the way that, that that's required to get rid of the stuff that, that you don't need to be packing around. Okay, so Jesus instructs us to forgive with the promise that we shall be forgiven. He says... It not once, but several times. So he says, forgive, and you shall be forgiveness. You shall be forgiven. So forgiveness is too difficult for me to do without enlarging my heart with love. Hmm. Psalms 119.32. I will run the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. So one of the things when I don't feel like forgiving someone is I pray for God to enlarge my heart that I might be able to forgive them. So Luke 6, 37, 38, Bobby. Uh, do not judge and you will not be judged. Well, there you go. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. So instead of um, having a fear bond, instead of taking an offense, I have learned not to judge it, but just to... I validate it. Yeah, dang, dang, they, they've got some stuff going on here. This is probably not about me. This is about things that they need to work through. So instead of condemning it, I give them mercy. And I'm like, Lord, um, I want mercy. That's what I want from you. So that's what I'm going to give today. 
Uh, let's go to the next one, Matthew six twelve. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Mm. That's part of the Lord's Prayer. It is part of the Lord's Prayer. Ephesians four thirty two. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. That sounds like a command. Yeah, could be. So there's two character skills. But I don't like command. <laughs> okay, well, tell gonna, me what to do. They're going to land you in a good place. So I got to have two skills to be able to do this. I got to have kindness and I got to have compassion. Well, those things are not in me. That's stuff the Holy Spirit has to give me. And so I have to practice them. I have to be a good steward of the kindness and the compassion that he gives to me to be able to give it to others to let it grow. Because if I'm stewarding an offense or bitterness, that's what's going to grow. And I'm thinking, was thinking about the kindness. I've, I've evolved, so to speak, grown up a little bit and become, in some areas, a more kind person. And uh, okay. it makes me thank God because I, I, it's not something I could do on my own. He gave me the ability to watch others around me that are like that and, and want to be like them instead of uh, being this, you know, I try to think of the word um, that's that's clean for radio. Gr- um, grumpy, probably. <laughs> grumpy. <laughs> grumpy. Um, abrasive. Yes. Uh, way too direct. You know, truth without compassion is cruelty yeah. kind of deal. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's a big part of my life right now is that scripture. Hmm. Let's go to James 5.16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. Now, tell me how that works in recovery. Um, that's where I've written this fourth step. I'm going to share it with somebody. Uh, so we're looking at step five right here. Uh, this th- That whole chapter of James is where a lot of the program of recovery that the big book out- outlines came from. That's the yeah. book that, because you got to remember when they started AA or whatever 12-step facility that you are uh, a part of, um, they didn't have the textbooks that we have now. <laughs> they had the Bible. Well, and do you see that? It says, so you may be healed. So as I confess, I get healing in my emotions, healing for my soul. It takes the power away from anything that you think is you're keeping right. a secret. Of. Right, right. It's no longer and, there. And the really great thing is that we have a murderer that wrote the five first books of the Bible. You know, Moses was a murderer. We have a murderer <laughs> in that wrote 13 books of the New Testament, which was Paul. So there's not a whole lot that he won't forgive. Amen. <laughs> he can forgive it. He can redeem it. He can restore it. And and there's a scripture, Bobby, that says, he that has been has been forgiven much loves much. So if you have a whole lot that needs to be forgiven, I just want you to keep moving it, keep moving it, laying it on that altar, crying out for mercy, saying, there it is, Lord. Uh, would you heal my soul? Would you take what was meant for evil and turn it to good? And just always remember that just because you're forgiven, it's not a license to go out and be dirty. <laughs> no, can't do it again. Can't do it again. Forgiveness means a complete 180. It means we turn away from our sins. It means we go away and we start a whole new path in life. Definition of repent, to turn away yes, from? Yes, to turn away from. So I can't repent and then just go run, running right back to do it. Otherwise, I never really repented. Right. Okay. So the act of forgiveness is canceling the debt of another. It is our willingness to go to the cross and pay the payment for another who does not deserve it. So that is with Luke 9.23. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So I want to be able to... Yeah, daily. So I want to be able... 
And, you know, it takes a lot of um, strength to go to my cross and say, okay, I, I take this on. I, I'm going to be Jesus for this person, and I'm going to give them mercy, and I'm going to forgive. And it doesn't mean I'm a doormat. It doesn't mean I give them access to me again. They've got to earn that right to come back into my life. They can't just come back and keep hurting me over and over again. But I do need to get to a place where they don't have that power over me. So read the next section. Forgiveness. Oh, forgiveness is a gift for us. It releases us from unhealthy strongholds. The act of forgiveness costs us something. Forgiveness to us is free, but our freedom is conditional upon whether we allow that forgiveness mm. to flow through us to, to our, our offenders. offenders. Freedom is conditional based upon whether or not I allow forgiveness to flow through me. Ha! That's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> so I'm a resource. Yes. So forgiveness is not a decision. It is a decision. It is not an emotion. So a lot of times you're just not going to feel like forgiving. Well, that's okay. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to feel it. You have to obey it. It's a principle. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Well, Lord, I don't feel like forgiven, so help me forgive. And so as I do that, now I can... Um, I can follow obedience to the Lord to do what he's told me to do, and eventually my emotions will follow. And just like every other quote-unquote decision, it has to be followed by an action. Yes. Or nothing happens. <laughs> nothing happens. You've heard the story. So, Three frogs on a log. One decides to jump off. How many are left on the log? There's two. No, there's still three. There's still All he did was make a decision. Oh. <laughs> he didn't put any action behind it. Okay. He's still hanging out on the log. He decided to, but he didn't he do didn't it He didn't do it. Right? Okay. So, so a decision has to be followed in action. Or it's just a fantasy. You're right. You're right. He's tricking me today. <laughs> Read that scripture again. We fight oh, the weapons. The weapons we fight. I was like unhealthy strongholds. <laughs> the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Okay, so we're going to name what some of those strongholds are. Because if I have a stronghold that I'm not dealing with, it's going to suck the life out of me. It's going to be like toxicity. I'm going to be walking on the flesh. For to be fleshly minded is death. And. <laughs> Romans 8, 6, and I'm going to have rotten fruit. Like um, when I have self-pity, I'm going to be disabled to move forward. I'm going to be powerless. I'm going to fall into depression. So there are a lot of strongholds that the enemy sets up. And what I've got here in the book is a grid. And we're going to just kind of go through here and name some of these strongholds. And we'll probably talk about one or two. So go through the first row. So offense. That'd be taking offense, correct? Right. If I'm taking offense to someone, something someone's doing or something mm. someone's saying. Something somebody did to you 20 years ago that right. you're still mad about. I think that might kind of go in the next one, the resentment. <laughs> resentment means to, to refeel. Uh, so I'm over and over and over. I talked about that last week, about the, the video uh, replay of stuff, how and my mind will magnify stuff. Blame mm. um, is another one. Okay, just keep going. They're not in any order. So am I going to let this wound me? Am I going to let these things keep me wounded? Am I going to be uh, wallowing in unforgiveness and bitterness and revenge and anger and refusing to forgive? So there was a person that, that's in my family that has has mistreated me for a lot of years. And of course, they're, they're a strong figure in my family. And whenever I'm around my family, I'm around this person. And one day this person said something to me that was 
very sarcastic <laughs> and was like a dig. And it brought up a wound in me. And I went from being offended to not forgiving her to being bitter to being angry to hatred in a split second, Bobby. I shocked myself at how, how quickly I went to hatred for this person. And so I went to bed that night and I said, Lord, they ain't nothing going to hold this ground. They ain't nothing that I can tear down this hatred for her and be able to hold this ground and have peace on it. And I woke up in the morning and the Lord, I heard the words say mercy. And I said, yes, mercy can hold this ground. So other things that may set up strongholds in my life are lust, which is going to end up in depression, rejection, stubbornness, disappointment, suicidal thinking, mental and spiritual bondage. When I don't take care of these things, I'm going to end up in bondage. So let's go through some more. Ah, trust issues. Mm -hmm. um, having a death wish. Uh, feeling useless. Uh, having a negative support system. Yep, people who agree with you, who keep you sick. Yeah, fear of people or fear of close intimacy. And that's going to keep me way more isolated than I probably should be. Yeah, you want to be able to be with people that you can be real with, that you can you can tell them what's on your heart. It can be extremely exaggerated, and they're not going to judge you for it. They're going to be like, oh, I get that. I've been there. And, and, and know that when you said it, that half of it's already gone, that you've already worked through half of it just because you were able to confess it to somebody. So the gossip and slander, if I'm not controlling my tongue, if, I'm not, if I've got a lot of unkindness, um, I'm, I'm walking in deception. I'm, walking, I'm allowing things to be exaggerated. I'm allowing them. I'm judging others. Um, I'm taking in offense. That's going to lead me into rebellious attitudes, other dysfunctional friends, justifying my actions and behaviors, uh, replaying those obsessive evil thoughts. Uh, and if I fall prey to suicidal thinking, you know, that's just that smaller part of me that's trying to rebalance. I'm not to act on it. I'm not to uh, make it my identity. I'm just to say, why do I feel like I'm hopeless enough to want to hurt myself now? And so let's keep going. So I've got anger at God. Um, I think a lot of people coming into recovery have that because, they, because they're not ready to take responsibility for their lives yet. So they think God put them to exactly where they are now, <laughs> which in the grand scheme of things, it is kind of where he put them. But the, the going through that process is never easy to get to the other side. Uh, if it was, everybody would do it. Right. So uh, like the whole getting clean and, 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 and starting to do God's will instead of your will mm. is, a, is a difficult thing. And, and a lot of us start out very angry. I right. was angry at God for a long time. I didn't, right. I didn't even claim God for a long time. Ah. My trust in God had been eroded. Had been eroded. One here. Yeah, trust, trust in authority, authority is eroded. eroded. Because, you know, yep. I listened to what you guys said, and I still relapse. It's your fault. <laughs> you know, no right. way. Right. <laughs> and, and we didn't learn to trust authority. Maybe when we were growing up, maybe our authority was our abuser. And so we didn't learn that authority is supposed to be protective. Instead, we learned that authority takes advantage of you. So we start making Inner vows. I will never. 
I will never do this. I will never feel that again. I will never let that anyone have to be that close. Never and when, say never. Yeah, and when I when I have those intervals, I need to immediately break them. I need to say, ah, wait, that's going to be a stronghold for the enemy to take a hold of. And so I can remember making an interval against another person in my family that just literally hurt me every time I spoke to them. Uh, and I had to speak to them two or three times a week. And this went on for years. And finally, I was like, I'm going to forgive this person. One way or another, I'm going to forgive them. So over and over and over again, I forgave. And I wrote out forgiveness letters. And then I realized, wait, that's an accusation letter. <laughs> so I just kept... I, I just, want to edit this. Yeah, I just kept doing it again and again. And I kept listening to an audiobook on forgiveness. And at the end of the chapter, you would say a prayer about forgiveness. And I would do it. And I would get free. And I would do it. And I would get, and it'd come back. And it'd come back. And every time I talked to this person, they have power over me to flip me for a good hour after the conversation and finally I, I was going through Walmart I was listening to that book and at the end of the prayer it says and I release them to you and this bitterness lifted up off of me and I didn't even know I was bitter I thought I was hurt <laughs> but I had made some intervals there that needed to be broken and as anger seems to be that go-to emotion for everything but we confuse it with something else well you know, like if I get embarrassed yeah I don't realize I'm embarrassed I'm just I'm I'm pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't you think anger's safer? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, to tell somebody I'm hurting and feel helpless and I'm grieving and I feel like uh, I've got a spirit of poverty or affliction and bondage on me, that's that's going to be uh, a place of vulnerability. Yeah, I can't get our little mouse to work there. There we go. So let's go. So I want to write it down. I want to say it. I want to pull it up in my conscious thinking. I want to process and I want to release it. So anything that's causing me to feel powerless, disabled, self-pity, I want to to go back and I want to write those down. I want to pull it up in my awareness and and understand what power it has over me. And those instructions are are very step-oriented. Write it. Step four, say it. Step five. Pull it into your conscious thinking. Okay. You know, the remainder of the steps, we do maintenance. Okay. Um, and and we try to improve our conscious contact with God. So uh, the, everything really does line up as far as the lesson's going. Okay. So here we've got an exercise. And in this exercise, I want you to think about your offense. Who? What has offended you? And then I want you to name your offender. And then I want you to name the behaviors that have become your identity through this wound. Are you bitter? Are you contentious? Are you critical? Are you judgmental? Are you aggressive, disagreeable, opinionated, stubborn, avoidant, angry, depressed, jealous, lustful, greedy? What is What behaviors do you have here that have been uh, survival skills, survival things to just protect try to protect yourself does that make sense yeah okay can't wait to hear what yours is because <laughs> i'm not participating in this part <laughs> <laughs> so more feelings and behaviors so i'm a bound feel like i'm bound in a prison where i am just stuck am i helpless to move forward am i confused do i have unstable motions i'm crying one moment i'm angry the next am i sliding backwards am i rude selfish self-absorbed or double-minded in any way and then i want you to name your truth who are you really meant to be 
I am meant to be compassionate, friendly, loving, encouraging, accepting, gentle, giving and receiving love and kind and patient. But these are choices I have to choose to practice friendliness and encouraging and accepting and gentleness and compassion. I got to choose to practice those things because they're not natural. So I want you to choose to forgive and release any toxic feelings. This will set you free and then we can start correcting our thinking and behaviors. So forgive the debt that was owed to you. So scripture says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves another has fulfilled the law. Romans 13 verse 8. Wow. So we'll look at that love. So whoa, first person I got to love is me. I got to build some healthy strongholds here. Starts with me and it ends with me. Yep. Read that scripture. Uh, oh, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm eighteen two. So, if I'm connected to my offense, am I connected to my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my refuge, my shield, my horn of salvation, and my stronghold? I'm not. I'm correct. I'm connected to my offense. So I have to let go of the offense in order to connect to the good things of God. I have to release things on one hand so that I can have uh, the capacity to receive on the other hand. So to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So I don't want to slow down and I don't want to stop until I have found uh, peace. And that's Romans 8, 6. So go across with some of these. There's a lot of good character assets not instead of defects here. You know, mm-hmm. courage, joy, love, hope, patience, trust, um, praise, staying in prayer, having compassion, that confession, you know, that ability to, to, to own up to stuff, uh, humility, uh, a tricky subject to talk about, but but very vital in, in, in life, period, mm-hmm. not, just, mm-hmm. not just recovery. Um, self-control, um, exposing lies and rejecting them, then replace them with truth, uh, renouncing inner vows, speaking life. That's important. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of old adage that, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Oh, that's that's <laughs> Thumper <laughs> and Bambi. <laughs> so I want to be surrendering to things that I can't fix, manage, and control. And I, I want to just surrender those things to God. There it is, Lord. There it is. I can't fix that. And then I want to engraft the Word of God. I want to say, Lord, what does your Word say to me about courage or about joy or about love or about hope? And I want to speak that life over me because the Word of God is living and breathing, and it is life. So if I'm speaking the Word of God over me, I wake up with peace. If I'm speaking anxiety and fear and my troubles over myself, I'm waking up with anxiety. So I know I can't do this, Bobby. Yeah. Okay. I can't. We can. (laughs) Of course you can't. (laughs) Unless we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, we're stuck in the flesh. Amen. So learn to move to the the higher self. This is your spirit, man. We talked about that in the whole other book. Yeah. This is a place to think great thoughts. Yes. So the grace is the only option. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up 
to cause you trouble and defile you. Hebrews 12, 15. So grace. So whenever I'm stuck, I cry out for grace. God, would you give me grace? I need more grace right here because I can't make any movement. I'm really hurting. I say, but for the grace of God, there go I yeah. several times a day. Yes. Living number, in this town. Number two. Forgiven the power of the Spirit. We confess our if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteous unrighteousness. First John one nine. Now instead of validating yourself for the offense that you have and trying to triangulate your friends to take that offense with you, I want you to confess this as a sin. I want you to take the offense, the bitterness, the hatred, and anger, and what you lay it on that altar, and I want you to say, there it is, Lord. All this I stuff is forgive. such a reamplification of the discussion we had last week about forgiveness, <laughs> about God forgiving our sins. <laughs> then I want you to connect with your breath and reset. Okay, Lord, I forgive. Help me to forgive. Forgive all emotional debts owed to you. The only true debt is the debt of love, mm. Romans thirteen eight. The debt of love. Now, which identity do I live in? You want to do the left? I'll do the right. Um, I can live in a hurt identify uh, identity. Um, do you shut your heart off? Are you disappointed? Are you grieving for loss? Okay. Or am I caring and enlarging my heart with compassion? Um Am I being offended uh, so I have a guard up and I'm anxious? Or am I friendly and other-centered? I'm wounded, avoid people, hide stuff, denies, runs, blames, uh, commits relationship suicide. <laughs> what would that look like? Um, I don't know. <laughs> you I harden your heart. Part of it. <laughs> you harden your heart against the loved one. Right. And then, uh, I don't know, I think it's you, you start making things go wrong in the relationship just so they will end it. Yeah, you sabotage it. Yeah. But so, the real what you... And then I can play the victim. Yeah. <laughs> Look <laughs> what she did to me. But the real you wants healthy relationships. Right. Yes, it does. Okay, the next one. Critical, judgmental, contentious, um, identifying and becoming like your abuser. Mm. So I'm going to become the things that I'm really not liking. Yes, yeah, so sometimes when I get safe... I have ridden that roller coaster of domestic violence for so many decades, maybe growing up, maybe as a child, maybe as a young adult. And that's a chemical trigger in our brain when that anger or that roller coaster up and down and up and down. So whenever things are just normal, it feels like they're boring and they're not. But you're so used to that rush of a anger or violence that you actually go and trigger it when you're in a safe place so instead of doing that i want you to recognize that whoa i'm becoming like my abuser and i want you to be encouraging uplifting and edifying others troublemaker so i could be a troublemaker uh that's an identity i like to live in <laughs> used to <laughs> angry controlling opinionated closed or arguing to the extreme mm. sometimes it creeps back up it doesn't have to always be used to yeah. I'm, I'm far from like wind up over here on the right hand side yeah sometimes i i am a troublemaker for good you know, I just dig my heels in and I say, here's the line. I'm going to I'm just I'm going to do what's good. I'm going to do what's right and, and get back over here. So freedom is freedom to love people right where they're at in their life and to bring them along when they're ready. Here's another one that I participate in. OK. Grumpy. <laughs> Sulky, moody, silent treatment. Oh. Um, so instead, I want acceptance. Nothing could make me not love you. Well, then that's special. <laughs> I, love, 
<laughs> We're working on Bobby. <laughs> okay, so practice building righteous character. Let's look and see what this looks like. Okay, we've got... Mm. Are these going to be the opposites yeah, yeah, of each yeah, other? Yeah, yeah. Or yep. So the opposite of pride is humility, and and you know the the proverb says uh, contentions come through f- pride. So whenever there's an argument, or I'm digging my heels in and really wanting to argue, I need to decide: Am I being arrogant? Am I being prideful? Am I being stubborn? <sighs> Instead, I want to practice humility. Next one. Self-condemnation. Instead of a sanctified self-love. Now, there's a selfish love for myself, a selfishness, and then there's a sanctified self-love. Well, I do what's best for me first so that I have enough left over for you. Self-pity. Versus confidence. Ah, uh, depression. The opposite of depression is joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So I want to um, not engage joy I mean I want to engage joy and not engage depression and I when I get around people who are depressed uh, you know they can rob my energy and I can walk away and be depressed when I wasn't depressed when I got there and if I recognize that then I can say whoa wait a minute that depression's not mine I, I don't want anybody to steal my joy and then I go back to my place of joy attitudes are contagious they are have to always keep in check if yours is worth catching. <laughs> Next one. Fear. Yes, perfect love. Cast out fear because fear has torment. So if you have a lot of fear, you're not loving perfectly. So I could feel disconnected or loneliness. Instead of connected and transparent. So you need a few people in your life that you can just be totally transparent with that love you anyway. That's so key to me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, disconnected loneliness yeah anxiety. Uh, anxiety versus trusting that God knows what he's doing right now strife or fighting instead of walking in the shoes of peace lust instead of walking in the shoes of purity greed instead of being generous so if I'm greedy and entitled and ungrateful I need to just start flipping it and be generous so depression is a good sign that I'm in bondage somewhere so let's look at this application as little offenses come daily beginning by practicing or begin by practicing new emotional skills like compassion and mercy then use these skills to pull the larger offenses out of your subconscious thinking to process and release them number one recognize your wound two purpose to forgive Uh, forgive all debts take them to the cross number three build a healthy stronghold of compassion mercy and tender loving kindness ask the lord for more grace okay so if i'm building a stronghold i've got to tear down the ungodly stronghold so like if i'm in a presence of a person who always makes me fearful then when i go the next time i need to practice courage so you see how i'm tearing down fear and and building courage so a stronghold is a military term and i don't want the enemy to have any of those ungodly strongholds in my life instead i want to tear them down but if i tear them down they just come right back unless i've built something stronger in its place so i want you to tear down fear and i want you to build courage number four determine to forgive next offense before it ever happens So if I if I just roll in forgiveness, I mean <laughs> I'm gonna have ready. I'm gonna have a couple of opportunities a day to practice this. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because the word offense, and we've talked about this before, the word offense means to stumble. So I do not want to allow an offense to sit in my heart. I want to pull that up and forgive it so I'm not stumbling. Number five. Renew your mind by engrafting the word. Do you know what it means to engraft the word? Is that like engraft? Does that mean like, is that when they, like you have a plant and then you cut a slit in the stem yes. of the other plant and you put a part of it in there and then it grows more plant? Mm-hmm. So I guess you're taking a part of the word, right? opening your mind right. and putting a part of the word in your mind and right. then it grows into a new plant. That's right. And now I've got new thinking. Now I've transformed my mind. I want to meditate on healthy thoughts. I want to recognize what I'm meditating on because we all know how to meditate because we get anxious and then we meditate on that anxiety. So instead, I just want you to flip it and start meditating on the Word of God and speaking to yourself with God's words that are higher than me. Uh, because if I'm speaking my own words, I'm probably dragging myself down. Right. Okay. We don't want to be given an offense either. Mm-mm. Like it, Scripture says, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, mm. excuse me, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. That's Mark nine forty-two. Ouch. So, in other words, when you've caused an offense, go back and apologize. Go back and own it and say, I'm sorry. So, Excuse me. <laughs> this, I, I don't think I, I tell you, he's not drinking. He's got his little coffee over there. <laughs> so, principle is this would be a totally different show if I was drinking. <laughs> So the principle would be on the rock of recovery. So the principle is bitterness blocks the grace of God. Bitterness blocks the grace of God and causes depression. All right. So we've identified what's going to cause our depression. Bitterness. Yeah. Amen. And remember how we talked about that scripture up there. It says if you, uh, the bitterness gives the enemy a foothold. So I want you to be able to pull up anything that just makes you want to spit. <laughs> You'll know you're better because you just want to spit when you talk about it. For sure. And then I want you to lay it on that altar and say, God, give me the grace to forgive this that I can move past this. Right. So in conclusion. So constant care must be given to the garden of our soul to keep the weeds from growing. Strength comes when we stop agreeing with nonsense and build healthy strongholds in our lives. Healthy strongholds can direct my response to any situation before it even happens. This is directly related to our emotional strength. Emotional maturity is required to overcome destructive thinking patterns. Mm. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause terrible and defile many. Hebrews 12, 19, 12, 15, sorry. Unforgiveness becomes bitterness quickly and will defile your entire life. Bitterness is the opposite of the grace of God. Indulging bitterness is the result of resisting grace. When forgiveness seems elusive, I ask God for more grace. Wow. Indulging bitterness is resisting God's grace. Yeah. And you know what? If I'm resisting, do you think he's going to? I mean, he's a gentleman, and and he gives me free will. So if I'm resisting his grace, he's going to let me sit there in that bitterness, and he's going to say, how's it working for you, little girl? Are you trouble and defiled yet? Are you sick enough of that? And do you think you want to dig these old roots up? And well, the only way I'm going to be able to do that is ask for God's grace and to give myself the grace and to give the other person the grace to be able to do that. I want to ask for more grace. So. Bobby, pray for us. Lord God, give me more grace. Grant me the gift of compassion. Mm-hmm. 
Help me to release all offenses and all bitternesses to you that I may grow and mature and become more like you. Help me to stop agreeing with lies. Release me from the spirit of depression and give, give me, me a joy, joy unspeakable, unspeakable and fill me with your glory. Amen. 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 So I want to grow. I want to mature. I want to, I want to be able to take my griefs to the Lord and, and, and release them and say, there they are, Lord. God, if you could shape them and mold them into something beautiful, please do. So the principle here was bitterness blocks the grace of God yeah. and causes depression. So become a product of grace. That's right. Right. That's right. So when I feel hatred, I want to practice mercy. When I feel fear, I want to practice courage. When I feel wounded or bitter, I want to practice compassion. So I want to tear something down and I want to practice an emotional maturity skill, a character trait that's bigger than me, that's going to set me free and build a healthy stronghold in my life to give me freedom. And this is The Rock and Recovery. I'm Bobby Snyder. And I'm Angie Meadows, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.